0: Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Potting Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com, the podcast that has had the same management now for five whole weeks, which is probably something of a record for anything Chelsea-related these days. Joining me, Derek Kaiser, to pick the bones out of um, the events of the last 48 or 24 hours or so, are Grocer Jack, who's otherwise known as Tony, Mark25, who is Mark, and Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Um, so, we welcome Roberto Di Matteo as Chelsea's I think, eighth manager of the uh, Roman Abramovich era, and bid farewell to andre VS Villas-Boas. He lasted, I think, less than 300 days. Um, His run of three wins in 12 Premier League games was um, enough to finish him off, along with the um, fairly dismal 1-0 defeat to West Brom yesterday, which we pondered talking about, but frankly would have simply been repeating ourselves um, for what we've said over the last um, last three or four weeks, um, a performance that simply wasn't good enough. Um, we went down to a reasonably well-organised team and um, that's ultimately done for the manager. Um, gents, welcome. Um, we preface um, today's discussion with um, a little quote um, that was um, came from VS boas himself when he arrived at the club to much fanfare as the, the special one Mark Do and all sorts of things um, We are proud defenders of the beauty of the game. It makes no sense to play dreadful football at a club like this uh, Tony, your thoughts on that quote and um, quite what um, where it took him.
1: An interesting quote. I can <laughs> fully understand why he did that um, You know, you, you, Everyone's always going to have to follow um, Jose Mourinho's, you know, forgive me, but you know, I think I'm a special one. Um, so I think it's probably a little bit of boxing bravado there. You know, look at me, I'm coming in and I've got great ideas for the game. there's need for a soundbite, isn't there? Yeah, and I, I, I actually think he did. He, he, he started off rather well, rather impressively. Um, I was still behind him up until yesterday. And I think possibly having watched that West Brom game yesterday, I started to think, well, you know, maybe maybe we just need the change. Because um, otherwise the whole season's you know about to unravel even further than it already has, and you know there's no doubt that the, the, the I've said it all along. This isn't ju- it never is just a manager. It, you know it's like an air- airplane coming down. I've said it before. It's never a single catastrophic point of failure. Um, and in his particular case, we started the season like that. I thought the football we played in even on our first day in a 0-0 draw against Stoke, we looked so much. More exciting than we had done for pretty much most of the last season, and you know we lost three one to Manchester United in a game, and I quote a Manchester United supporting friend who's as absolutely lunatic as me when we are watching the game together in France, um, saying that he'd never wanted a three-one game to finish so, you know so badly because he could just see it going you know the wrong way because mm. it, it, we were so lively and bright and it just seemed such a good start, um, so I I kind of. I like that quote. I think if you're going to go in, if you're going to, if you're going to fail, at least have a strap line right and a target, um, and, and you know, you, you want that kind of vision and and the goal of, of that sort of thing. It, it may be aspirational, but it was something to it's go nothing in. Nothing with. wrong with that. And you know, for, for whatever reasons and why ever it's failed now, I think you know it, it was a brave quote. I think he's been a brave man. I really do. I think he's had to go in, and I think. I was watching the football this afternoon and soon and Gary Neville pretty much called it right. I think they were very, very erudite, very witty. But, you know, he had a huge job there and it was probably too soon for him. But, you know, I'm not convinced there's anybody out there now, really. Mm. <laughs> That's the most depressing part for me. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to the who next and everything and, and, and plenty to say about that. But for me, um, I thought he was toast after yesterday. I really did. I think on the report I wrote on the blog, um, I pretty much alluded to that and then you know listed some candidates, some ludicrous, some, if you're uh, a wealthy billionaire Russian um, owner who might make perfect sense to you because frankly, um, the more lunatic the suggestion, when you are working in what appears to be a complete asylum, even some of the madder ones look pretty sane. Yeah. No, it's um it's just certainly certainly a tricky position to
0: put yourself in. I As mean, just reading the BBC website is a quote from um, Sir Alex himself. Um the lad was under pressure and it was a big ask for him to manage Chelsea, he'll be fine wherever he goes next. And and it there does seem to be a sort of a a general consensus amongst football folk that, you know, he's he's a decent manager, um who was given a task that was ultimately probably too big for him. Um his, his manner seems to have, have divided people um, quite a lot. If we, we look back at certainly recent weeks, um, some of the kind of almost management speak he was using, in of slightly David Brent-esque at times, um, the handling of um, Alex and Anelka and their departures and the quotes he made about Kevin De Bruyne um, and Gary Cahill before we signed him, the sort of... Tacit request for backing from Roman Abramovich, which you know, let's be honest, no one has ever got, and I think it's highly unlikely anyone ever will. After some fairly confident assertions that he was going to be staying, and that was that was all there was to it. And um, you hacks had better write something else about me. Um, Donald, do you, do you think he handled himself particularly well during his time here?
2: Um, to be honest, I, I, I'm not a great uh, listener to the, the press conferences and so on and so forth. Uh, basically don't uh, don't set much store by them. I, I think you know, it's so difficult to know what the truth of the matter is most of the time because you're not on the inside and I think even on the inside there are so many different factions now at Chelsea and have been for some time that what can be true one week isn't true the next. I, I think at the time it seemed a, a, a fairly brutal and, and strange way to handle Elka and Alex. You know, when you think we had Torres and Lewis come in, they they, he basically then removed a centre-back and a centre-forward. Both of them experienced, uh, you know, the rumours were that they didn't like the the way Alex trained and his attitude and so on. Mm. I think Anelka took one look at what was going on. He'd spent the summer at war with Dominesh, and I think basically wasn't going to hang around to have another war with someone he didn't agree with and, you know, expressed a wish to leave and was then told to park his car with the kids or something like this, you know. It, yeah. That, that I thought, was shocking, you know, in a way that um, it, didn't, it didn't seem necessary, particularly with the reputation that the dressing room, in inverted commas, has. I'm not saying that you should have to abide by everything they want or even be led by them. But I think there's a way of handling senior pros. And that, that, that seemed to be a big error. And and the drop-off in, in form and general commitment, I think you can trace it pretty much back to that sort of time. You know, we'd, we'd had our ups and downs, but things hadn't... Performances were still reasonable. They'd had the city win, hadn't they? And one or two other decent performances... And it seemed to sort of drop away quite steadily after that, you know, to the point where there was very few players you could point to and say that they they seem to still believe in what was going on. So yeah, I think he's he's come into the dressing room and he he hasn't he hasn't got people to believe in what he's doing. And mm-hmm. you have to do that as a manager. That doesn't remove the responsibility from the players for, for what's gone on as well. But uh I, I, as I, as I've said before, I couldn't see the point. I couldn't see. The, I couldn't understand why they they suddenly took against Ancelotti. Uh, early part of last season, got rid of Wilkins, undermined him, etc., etc. This guy was brought in, heavily trumpeted as the next big thing, and you know, talked up so massively that <laughs> he was given almost an impossible task and. You know, it was no surprise when it when when it didn't happen. Plus, you know, he's supposed to be been handling a transition, but the transition is meant to happen in what looks like a fortnight and leaves us still winning practically everything. You know, it's, it's an impossible brief, and it's been going on like this for three or four years now. Yeah. But, you know, we can come on to the board later. So, yeah, I was never quite... I wasn't a believer in him, but equally I thought he should be given a chance. And, you know, despite the poor football that was being played, I thought we'd just have to grin and bear it and, and see what happened in the summer.
0: Yeah. I think, um, the, <clears throat> the backdrop of, of his reign here, there's, there's been a whole lot of sort of behind the scenes who are, some of which I think he's, he's obviously contributed to, like we spoke about Alex and Elka. Um, I, I wonder how much the, the John Terry issue um, after the QPR game and the fallout from that—we've we've discussed it previously on here—is um, it, still happening. I wonder how much that's affected things. Um, there's the continual talk, and it, it's been there ever since Mourinho left, of, of this clique of senior players who, depending on who you believe, are you know shining examples to to all men or. You know, a, a nest of a nest of vipers who um, who will do for any manager as, as, as soon as look at them. Um, Mark, do you think the backdrop of of what happens at Chelsea and what is happening in terms of the board? You know, the players that are in the dressing room, the factions. Um, you know, the outside elements like the QPR game and the, and the Terry case. Um, do, do you think there's anyone out there that could have handled what's happened this year, or was he simply just too experienced to take it like this?
3: Well, I think there are people out there who could have handled it better. I mean, there is no doubt about it that he is very young and inexperienced and he's been thrown in the deep end and it was an experiment. And, you know, he had one great season in Portugal. Everybody thought he was the next best thing since sliced bread, but it was an experiment and they let the experiment run for 300 days or whatever and it was time to draw the line. I mean, I think... um, there are lots of things going on at Chelsea, but there's lots of things going on at lots of other clubs. And I'm sure Manchester United have got things going on. Arsenal have got things going on with their shareholders. Every club has got things going on.
0: Mm.
3: Uh, we're, we're a lucky club in that we've got things going on with a person who's got loads of money. So, you know, things could be a lot worse.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, I think he's been a bit naive. But looking at his... Um, body language and facial expression over the last couple of weeks I think really the guy needed rescuing I mean he was sinking faster and faster and he was just on the point of drowning and I think Roman has saved him basically and just hoiked him out of the pool Mm. and uh, put him to one side and let him drain off a bit and uh, he'll live to fight another day but we, we need to get someone in who is a lot more experienced to deal with the issues but I think the issues are things like the clique of players over time will get a bit easier because eventually those players won't be playing. I mean, other, I don't think they've got much longer to go. So um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that whether um, AVB was good or bad, I'd quite like him to stay in as much as he could be the full guy for the clear-out that is required. And actually, Gleb, our Russian correspondent, did say the same thing on the blog. And it's it's quite possible that over the next 12 months we might have another manager before we find our long-term manager. Mm. But eventually a manager is going to come along where none of the old guard are there and he can start with a clean slate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's very true. It's very true. Um, it's, I mean, it's interesting just looking at um, some, of the, some of the quotes coming in. Duncan Castle, the Times, just t- has tweeted, he suggests that V.S. Bose has sacked over the phone. Um, which is particularly classy in the style of the club that we've um, we've come to know and love, um, and that it gives Mateo, um it gives Di Matteo to the end of the season, and um, in that time the. Um, the- Chelsea will be pursuing Guardiola and Mourinho. Um, which, <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Oh, your, your reaction, I can tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely gagging to leave um, leave the new Camp and the, the squad I've got to come here and... Um,
2: persist I, it. I assume they were just having a rake through the psychiatric hospitals of New York <laughs> looking for <laughs> someone someone sufficiently self-deluded to turn up and take this
0: all on. I, mean, I think it's... I, actually, the analogy you used, Mark... It, I think it's very accurate in terms of, you know, Abramovich dragging him out of the pool um, at just the right time. To be perfectly honest, I'd slightly alter that and say he took his boot off his head at the right time. Mm. Um, I I just feel and we'll touch on this later, Um, but it is now almost the impossible job. Um, Just a quick look at... um, This is a broad question, and as financial fair play seems to mean so many things to so many different people, Um, where how this will actually play out, we will obviously only find out in in the course of time. But um, if we look since last June, um, I think Carlo Ancelotti's payoff, um, along with all of his staff, um, was somewhere in the region of twenty-five million. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm not sure, but I think it's there or thereabouts. Um, We paid Porto. Uh, Thirteen million pounds to to get VS Boas himself. Um, there's talk as to whether his payoff is actually capped at around five million, or whether we have to pay off the whole um, the whole contract, which again I suspect won't be particularly cheap. Um, that equates to something like forty million pounds um, or, or above bef- before we even start thinking about you know issues like whether we, we're going to take a bath on Torres, who's ...form we hope will be rescued dramatically by Roberto Di Matteo and or whoever else. Um, VS versus Raids cost around about a million pounds per game. Um, The question arises A, whether we can continue to afford this, um, and more broadly, the people making the decisions... Have we now reached the point where Chelsea fans are? I'm sure there are some that are delighted that VS Burris has gone, but there's going to be an awful lot sitting there thinking, can we really continue like this? Um, and are the people running the club and making the decisions really the right people to be doing it? Um, Tony, a, a fairly broad point, but offer us your thoughts, please.
1: On the money side of it, I, I, it's been interesting. I've been pretty much um, super glued to Twitter all afternoon uh, since the news. And um, there's been a few people on there who made a good, few good points about the financial fair play. Well, my own belief of it is is that, um, number one, UEFA have to implement it. Number two, they have to follow it through and police it. I'm not sure how they'll do that when they come up against the likes of Barcelona or Real Madrid and some of the way they're f- ways they're funded. Um, mm. you know, um, I think Manchester City might even be you know uh, looked at. Um, it, uh, ultimately if we want to rename our stadium the Sibnef Stadium, um, I imagine, you know, for you know, £100 million for the next five years, that would be a legitimate business deal. So you have to start ask yourself how they're going to police that. Um, yeah, I, I look at it from the point of view of £40 million. It It, it, it is ludicrous. But um, I, if you've got a personal fortune of £18 billion or whatever it is and rising, I'm guessing £40 million is, you know, nothing too much to worry about. And... Mm. On the other side, of it, I guess you could say that perhaps Roman Abramovich has been the brave person and made the brave decision and decided to cut his losses and admit his mistake on this particular one. Um, it, it, We'd it, never hear him admit that. No, <laughs> you'd never hear him admit that, of course. Um, but you know, when you look at the the, the whole um, executive, yeah, I mean, you, you sort of you, you sort of alluded to the fact of you know, can Robbie Di Matteo. Um, get Torres, you know, turn his form around. Um, I'm not sure Robbie Di, Di-, Di- Matteo is going to have much to do with it. I would have thought um, team selection will probably be down to the Star Chamber of um, Drogba, Lampard, Terry, um, and the likes that saw us through the Abraham Grant phase. Um, you know, where it was pretty much an open secret that the team ran itself, and uh, and he was really just there to put the cones out. Um, I think from a, the way the club is run, point of view. We've always been a joke. Yeah, I mean, you, if if you picked any club, you, I mean, you know, two years ago we were looking at Newcastle and laughing uproariously at the basket case that they were, uh, yeah. you know, and possibly still are because they haven't moved on from you know with their owner. Um, they seem to have settled things down a little bit with with a much derided manager and Alan Pardew, who surprised everybody. And um, I think from our point of view. From the Meers days, and I, you know, I'm probably like Mark and uh, and Donald. I stretch back to the Mears days. I remember the lunacy of the uh, the East Stand and the fantastic new ground they were going to build. Uh, you know, that had everything, but f- you know, flying cars sort of whizzing over it in the diagrams. Um, <laughs> uh, to you know, the, the folly, the Bates folly. Um, you know, the, the <clears> hotels <throat> that surround the place, and the fact that you know, here was a man who regularly embarrassed the club. Um, with his crass statements, electric fences, his, his frankly shocking treatment of Matthew Harding's wife and family, um, and, and that sort of stuff, uh, uh, and we're pretty much there, aren't we? You know, now we've got ourselves a, a despotic Russian owner um, who, you know, basically runs everything on a whim, um, doesn't speak to anybody, and has this cabal of uh, a private, I would call them Arsley can types underneath them. You know, he, he, you know you've know, you got Buck, Gourlay, uh, the, the mysterious Eugene Tannenbaum. I mean, I've never seen this bloke. I don't know what he's like. I mean, um, you know, is he, a, is he a film star? Is he a recluse? I've you know, never ever seen him. And and you look at Buck and Gourlay, and, and Gourlay, um, you know, it, it's got me thinking about starting a Bring Back Kenyan campaign because. Um, I'd take Peter Kenyon back like a shot. At least absolutely. he understood how to run a football club. A- absolutely, and, and 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 the man, you know, for, for all his agent Kenyon from Manchester United stuff or whatever. Yes, he did seem to know how to uh, run a football club. I think he was actually sacrificed on the altar of um, Scolari wasn't he? Because that was his choice. It was his choice, wasn't he? You know, but well, let's face it. When we took Scolari on, he was a World Cup winner. And you know, I I I know we, we will talk about it later on, but I get absolutely I'm fed up to the back teeth of this you know we've got to have somebody with a proven track record because you know past performance is such a guarantee of future performance isn't it the only person who can probably carry that one off is Sir Alex Ferguson and I think there's another coach possibly Mourinho um, and I don't see him coming back but in terms of the way the club is run at the top it's it's laughable, isn't it? I'm actually reading tweets now where um, the rumour is, of course, that um, um, AVB quit and that the club are putting a gloss on it. So, you know, he you pays your money, he you takes your choice. But I still think that at the top of the club, um, there is fundamental change needed. And, and it, 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 we may well be even, you know, saying the unsayable and thinking that perhaps Roman Abramovich, um, for all the good he's done, may not be the man... Um, that we want at the top of the club, you might possibly have a point um
0: Daniel, you, you had some some pretty strong views on um, on this this cabal that runs the club with um, <coughs> under, under the direction of Abramovich um, You made a very valid point that you know not so long ago they were asking us to sign our lives away or, or asking Chelsea pitch owners to sign their lives away and um, Say, you know, trust us, we're going to build a, a 60,000 60, seat stadium and, um, you know, the, the future is bright and so forth. Um, I I've seen quite a few comments today about people suggesting they're probably not going to bother renewing their season tickets because they're, they're just fed up with the way the, way the club is run. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. You know, you've mentioned this before on yeah. the blog on what. Well,
2: uh, uh, I mean, I. Uh, one of the big things we talked a few years ago is how Chelsea was going to go over to having coaches rather than managers. And we were going to be run more like a continental club. Mm. And of course we're now resembling sort of the worst sides of Inter Milan and Real Madrid who, you know, go through managers uh, like nobody's business. And, and we're, we're well up there with those two in, in the way that we just hire and fire at a whim, um, who, who is making, who is sitting down? Who is, is there, is there an interview process for any of these or does it normally just involve dinner with Roman and his yacht? And if he likes you, he gives you an enormous amount of money to go and run his, you know, to go and run his team and then sacks you as soon as things start going wrong. Are there other people involved in this process? Who who interviews these people? Who is making the football decisions? Who's decided that the way to structure the club was to put Michael Emanello, who we've never heard about this season. If you can find me a, a mention of that man anywhere in all the acres of newsprint that we've seen in the last few months. And yet last season, as he was positioned there within arm's reach of Ancelotti... It was constantly kept in our mind about this man's abilities and where he might be going. He's then installed as director of football, and we hear no more about him. Right. Has, he, has he been involved in any of this?
0: Well, that's, I mean, that's an interesting point because it, you're absolutely right. The only mention I've heard of him um, was last week in VS press conference. Um, I can't remember how the question came up. He said, you know, I'd reported back on my selection, um, my team selection for the Napoli game. And apparently this, this went via um, Michael Emanale, um who reports back to Roman. And mm-hmm. again, another always what I've always found a bizarre situation is that every Chelsea manager, when they do a press conference, you've got Bruce Buck and or Ron standing there watching over what's mm-hmm. going on, which you know, we can use Manchester United or Arsenal as an example. Maybe they're not perfect examples, but I'm pretty sure you don't have the managing director of the club or, you know, the CEO loitering around, you know, when the manager is simply taking questions from the hacks like he does every week. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's the first mention I heard of him was, I reported to Michael Mm Evanalo about the team selection. Mm -hmm. Um, This this being the man who we understood, if I
2: read it right at the time, was being brought in, um, unlike Ancelotti, whose position was purely first-team coach, This was a man who was root and branch going to look at the club, its youth, its reserves, its first team, and working with all these faceless Herberts who sit above him, was going to to plan a path forward. Now, if Kenyon went because Scolari was his suggestion to Abramovich, who has gone over Ancelotti? Who is going to go over AVB? You know, have any of these people stood up and said anything? <clears throat> you know, who's, who's in charge of, of procuring players? The manager doesn't go out and negotiate for players. Someone goes and negotiates for these players. Someone decides on who the squad wants. And it patently hasn't been the manager on various occasions. Ancelotti probably didn't buy or want bought several of the players who were bought under him. And Avb, in his subtle way, seems to have made the same point, you know. And once he's made the point very recently that he doesn't think our squad, as it now stands, is competitive with people like cities, and he's right, um, he, he, you know, the screws turn on him even more. Mm. And his, his suggestion that the squad he's sitting looking at now and you only need to look at the back of a programme and compare that with the squad we had maybe three years ago. That that is down not to his immediate predecessor, Ancelotti, or his predecessor. It's down to the management of the club. They have mismanaged the club since taking Mourinho on and then getting rid of him at the first sign of uh, a flattening out of form. Mm. And ever since then, each new manager is trumpeted in the door other than perhaps Grant, who just came in by the back door. Um, It's a shocking way to run a club, and to think that these people are asking us to believe that they know how to manage a move across London in a £750 million project, and that we should believe them when they tell us they can fill a 60,000-seater stadium. Not, not buying into that not one too. little bit. you know. Arsenal, Arsenal moved down the road, built the Emirates, got that done. But you look at the management of Arsenal in the last 50 years and you look at the management, and I'm talking about the top tier of management, you look at the management of Chelsea. You only have to look at Bates Motel as you walk
0: in. Mm. It
2: says it all to me.
0: It's a, good, it's a very good point, actually. The, the thing about, um, if you look at, and, and these again, and maybe not perfect examples of what what a football club is these days and how it is run, um, but you know the the two most successful clubs prior to Abramovich's arrival were obviously Manchester United and and um, Arsenal in, mm-hmm. in the Premiership era. Um, Arsenal's new stadium, the training ground, everything about it—it it has Wenger's stamp all over it. It, it is and David Dean, he, and David, he, yeah, it, it's
2: Michael just like David Dean, he was in some way a footballing man. Mm. Now I think the problem maybe United are going to have when Ferguson goes is have they got someone in there? You know, Bobby Charlton is getting old. Have they got anyone in their setup who's a footballing man who's going to make the right decisions? Chelsea do not have a footballing man sitting up there who is capable of, of judging the football world properly and getting the right sort of person in. That they follow the, the, the fashion, they follow who's the big thing at the moment. They don't look at the club and say, who do we need? Be they a big name or or someone we've never heard of, who do we need in footballing terms? They just know footballing people at the top level in that club.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's a series of very interesting points. Um, And the overall, that's what concerns me is the overall vision of the club. What we had um, after Mourinho's departure, um, Grant, whatever anyone's view on him seemed to manage the process reasonably well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fairly subjective thing, obviously. Um, but the, the players themselves, I think it was, it was a combination. It was, a, you know, a sum greater than, than the parts that actually led us through that season. Um, I think what changed things for me um, on reflection was, was Ray Wilkins' departure, because that undermined a very successful... You know, Carlo Ancelotti was very successful. Um, he did extraordinarily well. He, he rung, you know, an exceptional season out of a squad that <clears throat> clearly needed renewing. Um, then had an awful lot of experience taken away in terms of the departure of Balak, um, Joe Cole, uh, Carvalho, uh, Belletti as well, Deco, um, which which sort of trimmed the wage bill in terms of, you know, what Mr. Buck and Mr. Gourlo wanted, but left him fairly much high and dry in terms of a squad which which lacked, lacked depth after that, and the, and the younger players weren't coming through. Um, he didn't deliver, albeit he pulled us back round to a, a second place finish, and, and that was his lot. Um, do do we now think that this this sort of talk of you know any kind of vision or project or you know <laughs> things over the next three years is is simply guff? And it, you know, does Roman just want trophies and he wants them now? Mark, what, what's your take on that? Well,
3: I I do think he does want trophies, and I do think he wants them now, but I think, you know, he also has our long-term interests at heart, and Mm. you've only got to look at the facility at Cobham to realise that it's not just all about talk. He has been willing to invest in the long term. Um, I mean, financially, I think we're probably better off tonight than we were because, looking at the BBC news page, Putin has just declared a win in the Russian elections, and he's a good mate of Roman, so now that he's president, it means Roman can get away with a lot more. So I think our sponsorship for the next four years has been put to bed already. So that's good. Um, This is is good news. Yeah, this is good news, yeah. Um, Lots of people are talking about, you know, how embarrassing it is for Chelsea, um, how embarrassed they are to be fans, how humiliating it is to see all of this going on in public. Actually, I'd be more embarrassed if I was a Tottenham fan who have not won the Premier League or the... Championship as it was then since 1961 or 62 mm. and have won an FA Cup and a Carling Cup and a UEFA Cup in 50 years. I'd be more embarrassed if I was a Liverpool fan who hadn't won the Premier League since it was um, created 18 or 19 years ago and I'd be more embarrassed if I was an Arsenal fan who have um, three quarters of the perimeter of their stadium painted in red ready and waiting for the um, Painting up the numbers of new trophies. The next list of trophies, yeah. Which have never happened. So, um, you know, we, we, we um, shouldn't feel too sorry for ourselves. And we shouldn't feel too embarrassed and, and, and too self-critical. Um, mm. And I'm not, I'm not embarrassed or upset to the point where I won't be renewing my season ticket next year. Because I like where I am. I'm not, I'm not going to lose my um, seat.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, in terms of the management of the company... Or the club. I shouldn't call it a company. (laughs) Sorry. You dangerously slip close to the project. I've I've got my accountant's hat on there. Um, The the reality is there is no board. Let's get that absolutely clear. There is Roman. Mm. And around him there are a group of flunkies. So it's all very easy to criticise Gorley or Bruce Buck and say, what are they doing? They're not doing anything but reacting to whatever Roman says and comes up with that's a very good point. and actually trying to implement it in the best way possible so when you say that you've got no confidence in these people to implement a move from um full broadway to battersea power station actually i think that's probably where their skill set lies i think they could organize that i mean on a day-to-day basis the club runs mm. everyone gets paid unlike portsmouth <clears throat> The ticketing system all works, the coaches turn up for the team and they get to the airport and they arrive at their destination. So the mechanics of running a business, actually, I think is the easy side of running Chelsea. Mm. uh, uh, Sorry to interrupt, Mark.
2: I think that's probably a level of people below Gourlay and and people like that. Uh, That's the people who who do the nuts and bolts work in the team.
3: Well, Ron Gourlay is the managing director. So, um, Mm. you know, he he is um, running it from that point of view. But they don't have a say in what's going on. You don't honestly think they sit around a mahogany board table and Roman invites them to to discuss what should we do next week. Roman is thinking about what he wants to do next week. Mm. He makes a decision in the same way Rupert Murdoch makes a decision. We'll close the news of the world this week. We'll open the sun on Sunday next week. Out comes the missive from on high. And you know all the minions around them have to implement it. So I, I don't have any criticism of them. Um, And I don't feel sorry for them. They're his flunkies, basically. They get well paid for it, Mm. and they just get on with it. So the whole club is run by Roman. And actually, um, you have to be realistic about the kind of people that are multi-billionaires. They're not normal people who just sit around discussing things and working out what's the best way to do things. Mm. They're people who do a lot of stuff on Instinct make lots of decisions, some of them turn out good, some of them turn out bad. The reality is, Roman's made thousands of decisions <clears> in his life, and the majority of them have been good ones, which is why he's a lot richer than me. Um, and you have to take the rough and the smooth. You know, with Roman, he's come along, we've won um, three Premier Leagues, a few more FA Cups, a Carling Cup, and we've got to the Champions League final. We've moved from... Um, What was that place near Heathrow where we used to do the training? Harlington to um, Cobham with fantastic facilities. And we are now talked in the same breath uh, breath as the top 10, 15, 16 clubs in Europe. Yes. Now, there's some lumpy bits along the way. But overall, I think you've got to take the rough with the smooth and there's an awful lot of smooth. So um, I'm not hypercritical of Roman. It's the way he is. You know, I I have worked for um, a tyrannical boss who is a multimillionaire. Mm. And um, I would get a phone call at two in the clock in the morning saying, um, you need to sack this person. And we'd do it at two o'clock in the morning. We'd run around like crazy trying to sack someone. It could have waited till nine o'clock. But the guy had such a bee in his bonnet, he had to have it done there and then. Mm. And we all run around and implemented it. And we got on with it. And we all got well paid. We all had good share options. We all made lots of money ourselves. We were all happy because, you know, we were on a winning team. Sure, it was irritating for my wife when the phone rang at 2 o'clock and, you know, she knew what was coming. I'd be out of the house for the next 12 hours. Mm. But th- that is the kind of person I was working for. And he is just a miniature version because, you know, the bloke I was working for only made about $25 million. He is a miniature version of Roman who has made $16 billion. And, yes, he has tantrums. He has ups and downs. He gets a bit hysterical. Is it Lord Sugar? Pardon? <laughs> no, it's not Lord Sugar. No? <laughs> He's retired. Yeah, but Mark, I mean, I'm not
2: naive enough to to think that 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 Roman does anything other than exactly what he wants because he owns the club and it's his his millions and millions that have gone into it. But I, I don't buy the 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 buck and and Gourlay and all these people don't have some sort of responsibility for what goes on there on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, uh, just recently, well, not even just recently, I mean, I think it happened under Ancelotti as well. Are we to to believe that, that Roman spends so much time thinking about the club that he's prepared to sit down and brief sets of journalists two different ways on the same day? Because at various points in the last three or four seasons, You have one set of uh, quotes coming out of the club from, uh, quote, you know, people within the club at board level and you get another set of quotes from Bruce Buck or someone else close to Abramovich and they're saying the opposite things. I I don't think it's quite as simple as, you know, Roman stamps his foot and they all run around. There are people in that organisation that he probably listens to for advice, not necessarily on football matters purely, but I'm sure... There are people in there. You know, these sudden switches that we see in in, in what seem to be the centres of influence within that club. You know, admittedly, that would be down to his own personal yeah, preference sure. for people. But, you know, there are people in there. I don't believe... I would be very, very surprised that, that Ray Wilkins was sacked because Roman didn't think he was up to the job or wanted him sacked for a particular reason. Someone else... I think, took that decision. And most people know the rumours and so on that, that surrounded that. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not raging, I'm not humiliated, I'm not upset. I, I'm just flabbergasted that that someone who is that clever and can make that much money can keep getting it so fantastically wrong all the time in appointing a fairly key member of his staff.
3: Yeah, but where he's got it fantastically wrong, we've won three Premier Leagues, two FA Cups, a Carling Cup, and got to a Champions League final. So mm. I, I don't think it's been so horribly wrong. I mean, I, every other club in England would like to have got it that horribly wrong in the last seven years. Mm. I mean, no,
2: but, but it's, going, it's going relatively poorly for him now. And... Unless they, they start making some correct decisions, it, it's going to slip away from them ever so gradually. Otherwise they then have to invest another, you know, two, three hundred million, which he possibly is quite happy to do, but he may then find himself in a battle with Platini and, and and UEFA and trying to work fiddles in order to refinance the team. Whereas a little more Perceptive management of the whole situation would have allowed them to refresh the squad properly and perhaps keep a little more continuity and cohesion now you know I, I will still be supporting Chelsea you know as they're nailing the box down on me this is all just you know stuff we'll chat about in the pub this is all history mm. but in terms of actually watching you know watching someone just completely Swing one way and the other from one year to the next. It's quite fascinating. I'm, I'm not hurt and upset by it. But I'm certainly certainly think it goes to uh, a situation where if they keep on getting things spectacularly wrong, uh, they're going to end up blowing this club up.
0: Yes, you know, I, think, I mean I think this is a very good point, and I, I think that both sides of, of the argument you put put forward are, are absolutely right. Um, and, and in, in, in essence, <coughs> it's the classic, you know, it's the classic bipolar Chelsea. You know, I, mean the, I mean, the
2: longer, sorry to interrupt, John, no, the longer this go. goes on, uh, the more it proves that you buy trophies. Because the longer this goes on, the more people can point to it and say, it was that initial investment onto what was a reasonable squad grafting in that extra investment pumping in all that money over a couple of years when Mourinho came here and then topping it up with a few more quid has kept this afloat because underneath the top level of a you know dozen top-class experienced players over the last three or four years, below that, nothing's changed much at Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. And, and this, is, this has always been my concern in terms of, of the long-term planning. Where we where we have succeeded, or and why we have succeeded to an extent, has been because there has been, you know, we had a world class squad. When Mourinho departed, we had a world class squad at the the absolute peak of its powers. Some fantastic players. We don't have that now. You know, we have some good players. We have some promising players. We have a number of players who are on the on the downgrade and and looking at you know the the twilight of their careers, Um, and and a lot of, of youthful promise, shall we say. That's my issue is is that there isn't enough there to carry us through more upheaval. We've, we've, we've had an awful lot of upheaval, but the squad has been strong enough to simply go out onto the pitch with the mentality it's had instilled in them by Mourinho and, and Ancelotti to an extent, just to win. It's, it's that simple. It's you know, I I d- on I the know. back
1: of that, I, that I, the point I was going to make is that it, everything through the period of, of turmoil that is the Abramovich era... Um, it has been built on the fact that we had a fantastic squad. You know, we would have Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool looking at us with envy and saying, just look at that bench. Most of that bench is better than most of the other first team um, that they would call on. And that isn't the case now. So we haven't got that back in there. And, and, and every little bit of financial success, which is all related to trophies and placed finishes in the Premiership um, and and. and uh, progress in competitions or whatever is all based on whether it's going to work on the pitch. If it doesn't work on the pitch, if you're not pulling in the crowds, you're not pulling in the TV revenue, you're not getting that stuff in. Um, then, then it's a house of cards. You I have to shake the ground, aren't you? Yes. So, well, I sorry is- to interrupt, but I just you know, there's a point there that that it, it is a rocky period, and and, and I have done the old. Like, I might throw my season ticket away if, it, if it's Fabio Capello. That's a personal thing because I just detest his type of football, but. Ultimately, like Mark and Donald, I'll be there next season. I've no doubt about it. Moaning, mm. groaning, laughing, drinking, whatever. But, you know, I, I, I despair over the fact that, you know, whatever happens, and Roman Brandovich is, I, I think, is the, the trigger finger thing. I want this, I want it now. People mm. like that are used to it. You can see that in anywhere. And it's not just businessmen. It's celebrities. Michael Jackson. Whitney Houston surround themselves with people who are going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. You want a gold plated Ferrari? I'll have one here for you tomorrow. That's what. That's what those people what like. happens. Yeah, no, I, think, I think Donald hit the, put the nail on the head perfectly with the fact that you know there is no senior football man there. And I think with Arneson we probably had that. Mm. Okay, but you know his departure was shrouded in a mystery, wasn't it? As well, you know Kenyon goes a couple of months later. There goes Arneson as well. I just think there was this whole thing that, that 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 there is something missing at the top. It might be a hitting type character. It you know, it, it certainly isn't Bobby Campbell. That's for sure. Okay. I think. I mean, I think
0: that's absolutely right. What the clubs, you know, I mean, we sit and talk about this as outsiders, and we can sit and talk about it all night about what we think is going to be right and what's wrong. But I think that's absolutely right. If someone like a hidden character who actually has Roman's ear, who Roman trusts and respects, and they don't, you know, and again, I'm, I'm talking purely on the basis of what I've read and, and what little I know, which isn't a lot, that someone like Hidden, who Roman actually trusts and respects in terms of football, he needs someone like that next to him because for, for me, and I've, I've had this conversation with... Um, Andrew, AGH57, Tony, you've met. Yeah, yeah, met him, yeah. In that everyone everyone in there that we've talked about, Bruce Buck, um, Schwindler, Tenenbaum, I'm not so sure about Gourlay, but that, that's sort of almost irrelevant, that their personal wealth and, and everything they have and everything they've built up is inexorably linked to Roman Abramovich. They're simply, you know, whether, whether you know, you are able to say no to someone like Roman Abramovich is is open to question. But the problem being, I think, with these people is they're never going to. Now, and that's what, you know, a dictatorship is all very well, and sometimes, you know, whether we like it or not, they work. Unpopular view, though, that may be. And I think it has up to a point, but, you know, the concern is about what happens going forward, Um, which is probably kind of a a good point to, to move on to, the question as to what happens next um, personally I think it's actually quite a shrewd move of the club to appoint Roberto Di Matteo a very popular figure much loved amongst the fans you know had have they announced that um, V.S. boas had been sacked and that um, you know, a, a certain portly Spaniard was on the way to um, to rescue it all? I think there would have been burning cars outside Stamford Bridge. I, I really don't think it would have been very pleasant at all, bearing in mind you have season ticket renewals coming up soon. So I think that's quite a shrewd move. Um, views from, from the panel about what we think De Matteo may achieve this season. You know He's got an uphill struggle to make fourth. <laughs> His record in the Premiership, albeit you know, under, under his guidance, West Brom played some decent football, but they didn't really do a great deal. I think he was probably he, up-
1: he's got exactly the same win ratio as Vizpolos forty eight percent.
0: Right, okay, excellent stat. Thank you for that, Tony. It's, it's, um, it's well either good or bad to hear. I'm not entirely sure. Um, Mark, do, do you, what do you what do you think about the the Di Matteo appointment? It's, it's obviously a stopgap. Um, do you think that, the, that he's he certainly got the history and you know I suspect you know some of the older players will will know him reasonably well. Um, do you think he's going to sort of garner the respect that um, the V S. Boas couldn't and, and galvanise us into a, a bit of a storming finish where we might actually nick a Champions League place?
3: Um, I don't know really. I mean, I, I don't honestly know what um, Di Matteo has done this season. He, he might have done a lot. I mean, things may have been worse had he not made his contribution things may have been better. I mean, uh, he he was brought on, even though he's quite junior himself, as the experienced person to help AVB Mm. in his first year in England. And really, based on what's been going on, it makes you wonder what he actually has been saying to AVB. But um, actually, it may be irrelevant now who who is the manager. I mean, if you take the view that actually there's been a conspiracy amongst the players, Mm. then the... The the players are duty-bound now to turn it round, even if we had no manager. I mean, I could be managing it, and they could say, yep, we're going to prove ourselves now, just to prove that we were right to get rid of AVB. So they may actually start putting in a bit more effort, and we may go on a run. Mm. I mean, I actually feel quite optimistic now, and after watching um, Tottenham lose 3-1 today, I've got a sneaky feeling we're going to end up third that we will suddenly go on and run Um, we can go and win at Birmingham and keep our FA Cup alive we we can beat Napoli Napoli at least 2-0 and fly the flag for England and just string a few results together it wouldn't take many results Mm -hmm. to overtake Spurs who we're playing in a couple of weeks time And, and, and Arsenal have had a brief renaissance of two wins but that won't last particularly long um, so I, I think I will have a bet down at Paddy Power tomorrow on going third. We might actually do it.
0: Well, I mean, so just looking at the fixtures, obviously we've got Birmingham in the Cup on Tuesday, um, Stoke at home on Saturday, which which is obviously going to be the big test in terms of how people react to the new manager. I, I suspect Di Matteo will have everyone's support just by 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 virtue of who he is. Um, then. The Napoli game, and then after that, you know, there's there's the two toughies which which could define our season, for want of a better expression. Um, Man City at Eastlands, and then Tottenham at the Bridge in the space of about um, well, five days. Um, Donal, the, the question as to whether we finish fourth or not is, is obviously fairly subjective. Um, Di Matteo, obviously, and like we said, a fan's favourite. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, do you do you think this is? It's obviously not that. Um, where do you think this is going to take us? Do you think this is, is disaster disastrous, or you know, do you like Mark believe that it's going to galvanise us and and move us on? Um, well, he, he's a Swiss Italian, so are we
2: looking at Christian Gross? Are we looking at um, a Capello light? Who knows? Um, I, I have to take issue with your. The sense that um, he's extremely popular. I, I've noticed quite a few people already having a pop at him on the basis that, uh, you know, if AVB went and he was his assistant, you know, he should go with him. And, you oh, know, okay. Vialli has tweeted, you know, that he doesn't like it when an assistant succeeds a manager. You know, so there's this sort of... Uh, you sense in the wind that some people are already cooking up trouble, as in, you know, did he help him out the door and all that sort of old nonsense. Yeah. Um, so I get the feeling that people are only too willing now that, the you know, the torches are alight and the pitchforks have been sandpapered down to a nice shine that uh, they might as well have, get a few people up on the gallows while they're at it. Uh, so I, I'm not all that confident that people will stick behind Dimato, Matteo. Uh, I think you've got that camp and you've also got the camp of, well, he's only there to you know, put the cones out and Frank and the boys will organise themselves as they've done before.
3: Mm.
2: It's, uh, he's in a very invidious position. If, if it all succeeds, it will be the players, as happened under Grant. If he doesn't, well, he's a washout. You know, to, to be honest, it People are trying to make a lot of it. He's the assistant coach. It very often happens that when the manager gets sacked, they, the assistant runs it because yeah. this this appears to have been a rush job. I mean, only a few weeks ago, Tony, I think, you know, said it on a couple of occasions that the impression he was given by the sort of people he knew who knew people was that. You know, this guy had Roman's backing, and and this was going to be seen through, and the players had to understand that. Mm. that and no, I think that you was know, it's, it's just a couple Which I'm sure meetings. was true, I'm, I'm not questioning no, 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 the veracity of that. I think it's, you know, has yeah. Roman got out, put on his silk dressing gown, yeah. and gone across to the phone and thought, no, I've had enough? Or, you know, who knows? But mm. I. I, I I think De Matteo is, is, is there, and he's just got to do whatever he's got to do. But uh, I, I think for people to start overly focusing on him and what he can or can't do would be a mistake, because I only see him at the moment as a stopgap. There's
0: a degree of irrelevance yeah. about him, almost. Just, I mean, if he does a very
2: good job, and if it is, you know, if suddenly the team sheet drastically changes, um, and some of the players who we think were instrumental in seeing Avb off don't make it onto the team sheet, the, the pattern of play changes and we do well, then you have to say he's had something to do with this. But if it's the same faces on the team sheet and we do well, people will say it's not him, it's the players. So he's in a difficult situation. And personally, you know, I, you know I, he, he's a Chelsea man and, and I hope he does well. But I think it would be very unfair for people to start singling him out as, as someone who's a undermined AVB and two on basically no evidence and, and two turning on him if he doesn't uh, start getting the wins mm. that team on Saturday looked pretty shocked to me and uh, you know that they've got to pull themselves together if, if, if he can do anything with them fine but um, Watching it Saturday, I pretty much resigned myself to rolling to rolling to the end of the season, and uh, I, I support two main. You know, obviously Chelsea is my first love. I follow the Montreal Canadiens, and they've done exactly the same thing this year. Oh right, they you know, yeah. sacked a manager, gone with an interim coach, dead cat bounce, and now they're just rolling to the end of the season, mm. and it's the same. You know, shocking sort of mess. People not knowing what what's you know, dead men walking here, there and everywhere, and it, it just yeah, it's a tough situation, and yeah. you know, they, Mark may be right, maybe they will pull it around and you've got to keep on believing that, but um, I, I don't think this is quite the Avram Grant situation personally, no. or the Hidink
3: taking over from Scolari's situation either Actually, I don't know if anyone was listening to talk sport this evening but Avram was one of the people they managed to haul in for a... Mm. Um, interview along with michael jubry um i'm not quite sure what his insight was, <laughs> was <just> um, <laughs> but anyway avram was very very bullish and mm-hmm. um the point that made me laugh was that he said all of the managers who have got sacked recently were sacked because at the time chelsea was on a downhill slope And he is the only manager who got (laughs) sacked when Chelsea were on an uphill slope, (laughs) and he was improving the team month by month, so he felt very disappointed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what did I say about that?
0: There's a whole. somewhere, isn't there? I think. Tony, just just to sort of get your opinion on it. I mean, you, I, I believe you're you're a deep toe fan. I'm, I'm fairly sure we've had a conversation in the past where you, you like the guy and, and think he's he's a decent fella. Um, you've you've had conversations with folk who, who know him. I suspect, um, you know, it would be interesting to hear their views over um over the next week or so. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I, I, you know, well,
1: I, I, yeah, I think I mean it is interesting because the I, you know, people I know, especially a very close friends, um. With, with uh, you know Robbie and they, always, uh, one of them in particular is always happy showing me photographs of them on a golf course together, etc. Um, I, I think he's he's between a rock and hard place. I think him, as, as as Daniel said, it's a pretty invidious position. He's uh, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't, isn't he? Really? Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 he does, we'll all say, well, that's the players, isn't it? It just shows it was A V B, B and if he doesn't we just say, well, we suspect all along that these players will pass their best. I don't think he's really he's in a bit of a no win position. Um I hope there's something for him at the end of the season. Um as, as a I always like to see, you know, ex players in, in the in the coaching and the back room and, and, and that sort of stuff. I think I was slightly more worried about whether Eva Canero was going to be going actually, rather than you know that, that would be a bigger loss to me personally. I think
0: I, I, I suggest you get the bed sheet out and we paint the banner for for next Saturday. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> we wanted to. It's ensure, ensure she doesn't leave. It will be. Yeah, um, but I think you know I, I th- we, we will roll to the end of the season. We, we may well see the, uh, an initial bounce against um, Birmingham and, and Stoke. Um, I think the Malays is 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 far too in, ingrained in, in, the, in the team. I think we, we need to face the fact that, uh, that, that other people have, have worked us out, caught us up and, and gone past us. And I'll include you know, West Brom yesterday. They were faster than us. They were fighting for the ball, tackling for the ball. They, uh, despite the, the, the idiot who came on and commented on the, on the blog today, I paid them quite a lot of praise. I thought that they were committed. They yes, played very well. And they and they they patently cared, uh, uh, you know. And and of course, it was a big game for them, so they're going to lift themselves. A Chelsea of old, Mourinho Chelsea, you know, would have just done the old, hold them at arm's length and uh, and let them have their little run around and, and you know just just applied the killer blow a bit later on in the game or whatever. But yes, but do, you, do you think Tony actually? You've hit on something
2: there that was uh, occurred to me today. Was in terms of you know if if you buy this idea that, that the players. You know, don't don't like the way that the football is being played, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My my concern is is that the general tactics and strategies of, of all the clubs in the Premier League has moved on since the Mourinho era, and that the style of football that perhaps some of these players prefer to play doesn't work. Even you know, even if they were at the height of their powers doesn't work quite as well you know a lot of these clubs have had to spend uh, four or five years working out how to be more competitive mm -hmm. and they're more competitive not only against us in in a poor season but they're doing quite well against the arsenals the tottenham's the man united's yeah they still lose more than they win but you know there's a slight leveling off gone on Now, some would say that's because it's it's leveled down but i think some of these teams you know I've got some good young players, and, and they play a style of football that the lumping is gone. It's all about playing yeah. it on the ground now. They're faster and fitter, and more ready to attack teams. Uh, I, I don't know if that's if you see I, it. That I, way. I
1: stole a direct line off a mark, and, and uh, at one point I referred to, um, to them as West Brom Salona mm. yesterday because it, you, I think you're right. I think. It has leveled. I think it's good for the Premier League it's leveled. I don't think it was always going to, ever going to be healthy just having a, a duopoly or a, a triopoly or quadruopoly or whatever. At the top, I always thought that you know, it was going to open up a bit. And, and, and I think we, we're, we're not properly giving some of these teams some credit. Some of these players, um, and I, you know, I get tired of it when you sort of mention, well, why don't we go and maybe buy this player? Oh, he's not good enough for Chelsea. Well, who is then? Because mm. we've got Fernando Torres. He was good enough, apparently. The, rush, the, the Russian,
2: Russian they got at Fulham. Yeah, I mean, and today <laughs> that
1: guy's... He's out had five of... shots in the league yeah. or something. Yeah, he's five goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the man with the unpronounceable and unspellable name. Um, yeah. I, just, I, I just think that, that we, we we don't give enough credit to some of these teams. I, and that was a Roy Hodgson football
2: team yesterday as well. Sorry? That was a Roy Hodgson football team yesterday. A guy who the t- players at Liverpool didn't think was no. the right sort of manager for and so There's irony on, irony on irony on irony going
1: on. Here. Yes, and you touched on it last week when we spoke about Brendan Rodgers because the pe- the guys at Reading didn't like what he was going to do. And he was, you know, probably pretty much vilified by the Reading you know, fans. You know, he taken taken them down the panel, whatever goes to Swansea, now look at him, And I think there's a point there that it is too easy. I, I, I've looked at it, and I know we're going to go into the, you know, who's next. And for me, Robbie Di is... Um, as good a choice as any they, they would have been pretty much crucified they're probably not going to go and get Rafa or Capello just till the end of the season neither of those are going to be interested in a short term mm. um, Red Adair kind of uh, 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 job or whatever I, I still think that in you know, a long term we're going to be looking at, at the usual suspects or whatever but it does make me laugh it doesn't matter who I've suggested on Twitter Okay, bearing in mind, I did put out before the game yesterday on Twitter, does everybody agree this is our best team? Yeah, everybody was good. So ultimately, if they don't perform, is that ABB's fault or the players' fault? Of course, there's no answer to that at the end of it. But it doesn't matter who you suggest. It doesn't matter who you (coughs) suggest. You say, well, what about David Moyes? Bright, young manager, done well at Everton, perhaps could do with a step up. No, 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 not good enough. Spengor and Eriksson. Your comment last night, John, about, you know, rather a, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry ex- about that. you'd rather have an extra orifice placed, uh, in, in, you know, somewhere um, than have that. You know. and yet the guy pretty much hasn't done anything wrong, unfairly sacked from Leicester. Rafa Benitez, you know, I, I still say it, but you know, obviously going to be burning cars outside of Sanford Bridge. Rafa Benitez kept that team in the top four while all that boardroom crap was going on, okay, very nearly gave uh, Ferguson a bloody nose. You know, had the, But pretty much had the equal of us when Mourinho was in charge, especially in the Champions League. Yeah. And yet he's not good enough. You know, so who is good enough? And, and don't, don't tell me it's Pep Guardiola. That guy had Barcelona and the system there and the players there handed to him on a plate. He's untested anywhere else. It's complete folly to think that Pep Guardiola would want to leave Barcelona for a start. I bloody and wouldn't. Secondly, <laughs> that he'd want to leave Barcelona for a raging basket case like us and work for <laughs> someone like Roman Abramovich. And three, that he'd make a blind bit of bloody difference anyway. And it's just crazy. You know, I mean, any, just any
2: of these people will come to Chelsea if they're offered enough money.
1: Uh, uh, and I totally agree. Of course. I but how much, much more money can money. they
2: shovel at this problem? know, exactly. You know, yes,
1: I, exactly. You um, know if, if I was going to go and have a bet, my bet is absolutely on Jose Mourinho.
0: He is. Well, to preface that, I'm just looking at the um, looking at the list of um, you know next Chelsea manager odds. He is the favourite. Um, I would preface, or well, would caveat that with the fact that bookies are fairly smart and they um, they tend to alter their odds in terms of who's. Um, who, who the money is being thrown at? But yeah, he's um, you know, he is the favourite by some considerable distance. I'll, I'll read out some of the other odds. on uh, Jose, you know, three to one. Rafael Benitez, three to one. Di Matteo, next permanent manager, five to one. Same odds as Pep Guardiola. Um, Capello is eight to one. Brent, Brendan Rodgers, twenty to one. David Moyes twelve to one, Didier Deschamps sixteen to one, Gus Poyet in at twenty to one as well. Um, Gus Hiddink for some reason is eight to one. Rakim um, Lowe, twenty five to one, Van Gaal twenty five to one, O'Neill twenty five to one. You know they're obviously all the names picked out of the.
1: Um, I mean, you could put them out amongst any group of our fans and you would not get a single you agreement. On but you you get... the people who say that Mourinho shouldn't come back. I've, I've got some, some sympathy with that point of view, unless he's completely given full control and fancies the rebuild job. You know, but how long would he be? Six months before um, some of the players... You know, he had a well-publicised fallout with John Terry before some of the whispering campaigns are coming out of Cobham about them not liking his bloody ways and that, you know. And I, I think it, it's almost it is almost an impossible job. It is an impossible job. I think. Well, in which case, should we? Um, l- I think we should we should shift on and, and, yeah. and
0: make this officially the um, the final topic of um, this, this somewhat extended podding shed edition um, for the obvious reasons. Um, the question is obviously who's next. Um, for the reasons we've discussed, it, it's it's almost an impossible job, and, and you wonder who takes it on permanently. What they need to do, what they need to do to keep the manager happy, is it's it's almost an unanswerable question. But we, you know, being your intrepid correspondent, we will have a go. Um, my personal preference, good grief, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to decide. <laughs> you would,
1: you There's a man walking up the town outside Stamford Bridge with his underpants up on his head, <laughs> his pencils up his nose, shouting wiggle. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean,
0: you know, you don't have to be mad to work here, but, but frankly, it, it's a very serious advantage I would suggest you almost think it's it's someone from left field who has a bit of respect maybe not a huge track record you know maybe look to Germany somewhere where the spotlight isn't on like um like Spain or Italy for example and 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 pick someone from there who you know has a, a decent bit of promise plays some decent attacking football I have. I genuinely have no idea who we appoint next. Um, who's
1: the guy who, who managed Germany to the, in the last World Cup. Lowe?
0: Yogi Lowe yeah, yeah, I, I'm a good manager. I like yeah. him I like there's a lot of German managers I like Thomas Schaaf at Dortmund. You know, continually deals. He is a one club man, and I, I suspect will never leave. But you know, he plays good football. He keeps managing to pull the club back up when his best players are sold. Um, but you know, then again, he's he's given time and has a bit of patience. Um, just looking at you know the quotes. The one we mentioned before was Duncan Castles. You know, <coughs> club on the club want to pursue Guardiola and Mourinho. That's that's fantasy land as far as we're concerned. Um, Pat Nevin on the BBC get Moyes in and get him to build a dynasty. Give him time. Um, Donald, um, your thoughts on our next manager? Uh, like you, I have
2: no idea. Absolutely no idea. I normally we have a, have some clue because. Um, we, we, it's it's usually heavily leaked as to who Roman is, is you know, yachting with that particular weekend. But they don't appear to have had any time to get anyone to the yacht on this occasion. So, you know, Mourinho, I, I noticed that the Henderson Global Investors posters, you know. Yes. Was, there oh, it was. It just that's like problem. Yes,
1: yeah, I noticed those. The, when did they come
0: out
2: r- then? Just last week. Was just shortly after we saw this shopping business going on, the same day that the house shopping story came yeah. out, I walked into Shadwell Station to be confronted by Jose Mourinho and uh, well, the poster of him. And I thought, this is... Shadwell, He won't be shopping here. And uh, I did see that the the sort of sub-strap line on there was something about defensive strategies or so on and so forth. And I thought, well, if Jose's appearing on posters where we're talking about defensive, doing things defensively, that can't surely appeal to his his former master, Roman, who, you know, wants uh, glorious attacking football. I don't know, I, it, Mourinho is a clever cove and it wouldn't surprise me if he, this situation will be fully leveraged in order to get him in somewhere else, you
0: know. Um, it's, it's either that or he's, um, you know, a very, very shrewd um, appearance in London that makes the, um, the the Real Madrid board focus their minds a little bit. Yeah, up. there's all
1: sorts going on, I, but I, I have no idea. Point, I, think, uh, I think it's Chelsea Kelp, um who was tweeting today that... Uh, you bring Mourinho back and you bring Ronaldo with him. Mm. Suddenly, your shirt sales and your merchandising go through the roof, and your forty million pound that you've paid out for your managers can be uh, recouped. And if Ron the- knows
2: one thing, it's football shirts, mm. and that is <laughs> probably all he knows. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm exposing the paucity of my footballing knowledge because I can't come out with a string of of names. You know, I'd, I'd love to be able to give you the manager of uh, River Plate or someone and let you know quietly that uh, I've heard it said that he will be in the next container of Brazilians that we're shipping in, but <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea.
0: You should never be short of a Brazilian or two, I thought I shall, I
2: shall sit here and watch it all happen and turn up next next season and, you know, like you do every year. I, and, uh, I mean, uh, going back to what was said earlier, I was I perhaps have been a little overly critical, uh, bearing in mind what Marcus said about who who runs the club, etc. You know, we have to be re- realistic and you have to look back beyond that to the era of Bates and so on and, and to some extent, you know, the same old thing happens just at a lower level. But I, I, the, the one thing I would say is that I don't think a man who's, who you introduced to us as unfairly sacked by Leicester is going to particularly appeal. You know, that's <laughs> that's how low his stock has fallen. Mm. <laughs> you know he's not been unfairly sacked by Inter Milan or Real Madrid, he's been unfairly dismissed by Leicester. So I think old Sven's, you know, stock has probably fallen too low. I
1: I was probably more making the point of it you know, it's it's almost irrelevant who gets mentioned because <clears throat> it's yeah. such a cranky bipolar set of fans that, that there mm. is nobody suitable. There isn't, you know. I think. Um, you know, I, I, there are other managers I've, I've, I've thrown into the mix over the last couple of days. Martin Yole, you know, generally agreed that he was pretty shoddily treated by Tottenham. Um, but, you know, oh, he's a mid-table Tottenham Burke was one of the comments I got back today. Oh, right, okay then. Because you know better, of course. Mm. And I just, I despair at this constant chasing the alleged best Um like, certainly, you're not going to, you know, if Arsene Wenger walked into the Chelsea Football Club tomorrow, there would be people up in arms saying he's not good enough, he's not experienced enough, he's not won nothing for six years, and you just, say, oh, for God's sake, you know, just you're looking for some sort of god, and there isn't one out there. And you get. I, mean, I think back. I
0: think that's that's a very good point. Actually, you know, it's almost reached the point now where there is there is simply no one good enough. You know the hybrid of of Jose Jose Mourinho and the Archangel Gabriel is simply not available or doesn't exist. Um, Mark, obviously, you know, for me, there there has always been this this huge clamour that there is unfinished business with Mourinho.
1: Hmm.
0: I know, you you know, you you weren't a particular fan of it. Obviously, you were a fan of the results, but you weren't a particular fan of the way he behaved. And And with hindsight, I can certainly understand your point of view. I think I was probably not particularly open to it previously, but I I certainly get where you were coming from with hindsight. Um, Where do you think the club is going to go in terms of of who they appoint? I mean, obviously, you know, your thoughts on who they may appoint and um, and what's exactly what is expected of them? Well, I think what's expected is
3: um, results in an entertaining fashion. Mm. So that is the truth um Roman wants to win the Champions League and he wants us to win, to lose every away leg 4-0 and win every home leg 5-0 scoring the fifth goal in the 94th minute and he would be happy so so that is the reality of what he wants so he he wants the um unrealistic but then he probably wanted 16 billion when he was selling um toys in a market in St Petersburg and he managed to get there. So who knows whether we'll get there or not. Mm. I, mean, I mean, in terms of the appointment, I think I shall now spend the next few days not working, but looking at the Zoopla sold house prices website and just <laughs> focus in on postcards around Belgravia. And if I, if I see um, some swanky property being sold for 15 million to a Portuguese gentleman, then I will just naturally assume that he's on his way. Um, I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of, um, to although, although with with London's excellent transport
2: facilities, one can yeah. quite easily get from Belgravia to uh, Hertfordshire and the training Tottenham's lovely new training ground just there by the M25 in quite a reasonable amount of time.
3: Now, I think you're um, you, you've been confused by the the pre announcements of travel times with the completion of Crossrail. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, you know, it will be the completion of Crossrail before Tottenham wins something. <laughs> um, what point the, the manager, Crossrail. who knows? I mean-, <laughs> um, I mean, the other thing is also about um, Di Matteo. You know, having Chelsea favourites as managers is very dangerous. Mm. And I've always been very nervous about Zola ever coming back, because the problem is we have very fond memories of these people. Yeah. I- yeah. And all they will do is damage those fond memories, mm. because they're on a hiding to nothing. Um, So I'm nervous about that. But I mean, I I think in terms of appointment, really, we just ought to make official um, the appointment of of the person who's currently running the team Mm. and appoint John Terry. (laughs) (laughs) But he's running anyway. He's running the show. And actually, he is a very strong individual. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. He doesn't flinch. He can take it. You know, he could take the heat from Roman and he could galvanise people. I mean, he is a leader. And, uh... you know, he he can't play at the moment. So I I think that he would be a logical appointment. And um, I think AVB was too experienced and we need someone. (laughs) 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 And JT fits that bill as well.
0: Well, listen, you know... We, we laugh. But, There's an element of seriousness in what I'm saying. Right. I, I agree with you. Actually, we laugh and we jest, but you know it, the simple fact is, when Ruud, mm-hmm. it, it was a, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Rudolph was sacked. Gianluca Vialli took over. He was a player He had no managerial experience. Yeah, but there are regulations now, aren't there, John? Were
2: there regulations back then that you had to have coaching badges? No, not. not I think no, it's no. But he is doing reasons. his
3: badges along with Frank. Yeah. Yeah. They are both trying to get their badges.
0: Oh mm-hmm. yeah, right. Okay. That's interesting. I think um, maybe to round off, just purely to provoke, provoke a little bit of debate on um, on the website, let's have a name from everyone. Pick it out of your head; doesn't matter who it is. Tony.
1: Why May First?
0: Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you're at the you're at the top of there the. There sp- I was thinking I well, was actually you're at you know top of the Skype list. Yeah, I thought I was actually
1: <laughs> soaking the coal, in. I've actually been strapped across a railway while it runs towards me. There's the train reference, everybody. Um, Excellent work. Well done. I, I, you know, I said Mourinho. If, but if we take Mourinho out of it, um, I'm going to go right off the wall here and say Louis van Gaal. Excellent. Donal?
2: Didier Deschamps.
1: Mark? And can, I, can I just
2: point out that uh, AVB didn't, on last week's railway uh, metaphor, he didn't get to West Brompton. No, he didn't. If you carry on. <laughs>
0: That is a very good point. Thank you for that, Mark. Your name?
3: Well, I, I think the next um, project manager. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, I'd go for Josie Mourinho, actually. Not, the, mm. not that he's my choice,
1: but I think actually he's. I think the deal's already been done. I well, you know, there's something on. Beyond... Someone did actually come before we, we finish off um, JD, but someone came at a very interesting point today that you, you you wonder whether or not the appointment of um, Robbie Di Matteo, just to see the season out, um, mm. uh, possibly signals, you know, Roman's sudden loss of interest in the club. Can't get the ground he wants. Can't get the football he wants. Can't get the manager he wants. Just wonder whether he's just, uh, you know, a I think as a conspiracy I, theory thing, but it was a very yeah. interesting point that, you know, maybe I, I think the ground is far from a,
2: a lost cause. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we should do this for still- another week, but that, that's still very much in play. Uh, and Earl's Court, which, you know, I didn't realise until recently, Earl's Court is, is a lot more in play, it would appear, than, than people... I mean, they, they, they had a an objection in a planning meeting a few weeks ago, which, you know, they, they lost, but it was just seen as a, as a holding manoeuvre to show their interest and, and to keep them well in there. So... You know, I, I think being the sort of businessman that Mark alludes in being, you know, he he knows how to play the long game in those sort of manoeuvres. It's his footballing capabilities that I would question, but I think in terms of getting the strategy right for, for the ground, he, he'll win out there in the end. Mm.
0: I think um, after the, the announcement from the, the club, and I must admit I've not had time to read it, and I think we should devote some time um, on a future Podding Shed episode to um, to looking at exactly what the club have said about the move. Um, my name that I will throw in, no Tomateus, why not? He's as mad as a box of frogs. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think that, that that's probably about the moment, you know, the only qualification he really needs, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Jen, thank you. I think we should uh, wish, we should end this. Um, not that he's likely to be listening, but you never know. Um, to wish Andre Villas-Boas all the best. I think he he took on a very tough job, um, he made mistakes, but I think. Um, a lot of what was asked of him was, was nigh on impossible. So we, we wish him all the best as ex Chelsea boy, who Indeed. doesn't piss us off too much, um, deserves. Gents, thank you very much, as always. Um, an interesting discussion, and one that we hope will provoke a bit of um, debate on the blog, www.chelseafcblog.com. Until next week. And we should quickly, John, just say uh, that uh-huh. thanks
2: to people for the um, the watching in, Ridiculous
0: places, yes. but yes. Is there, is there, <laughs> that got trumped by even more ridiculous no, this yeah. week, so think, we'll come back to that maybe yes. next week. It's one, we will, uh, we will certainly come back to. Yeah, thanks, thanks, I've that, That's a very good point. And um, gents, thanks as always, um, and um, we will speak again next week. Yeah, good night. night. Cheers. Guys. Good night.